Come have a seat in the Scald Circle and hear the tale of Europa and Zeus, as told by Menogen. Before we begin our tale, did you know that we release new stories for free every week on Wednesdays? Be certain to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. That way, you'll never miss out when we release free bonus stories other days of the week. Never forget, visit thescaldcircle.com to stay up to date with all of our current happenings, and to also visit our story archive, sorted by origin and region. Now then, this begins the tale of Europa and Zeus. Up in heaven one spring morning, as he idly watched the earth, Zeus suddenly saw a charming spectacle. Europa had waked early, troubled just as Io had been by a dream. Only this time, not of a god who loved her, but of two continents who, each in the shape of a woman, tried to possess her. Asia saying that she had given her birth and therefore owned her, and the other, as yet nameless, declaring that Zeus would give the maiden to her. Once awake from this strange vision which had come at dawn, the time when true dreams oftenest visit mortals, Europa decided not to try to go to sleep again, but to summon her companions, girls born in the same year as herself and all of noble birth, to go out with her to the lovely blooming meadows near the sea. Here was their favorite meeting place, whether they wanted to dance or bathe their fair bodies at the river mouth or gather flowers. This time, all had brought baskets, knowing that the flowers were now at their perfection. Europa's was of gold, exquisitely chased with figures which showed, oddly enough, the story of Io, her journeys in the shape of a cow, the death of Argus, and Zeus lightly touching her with his divine hand and changing her back into a woman. It was, as may be perceived, a marvel worth upon gazing, and had been made by no less a personage than Hephaestus, the celestial workman of Olympus. Lovely as the basket was, there were flowers as lovely to fill it with, sweet-smelling narcissus and hyacinths and violets and yellow crocus, and most radiant of all, the crimson splendor of the wild rose. The girls gathered them delightfully, wandering here and there over the meadow, each one a maiden fairest among the fair. Yet, even so, Europa shone out among them as the goddess of love outshines the sister graces. And it was that fairy goddess of love who brought about what happened next. As Zeus in heaven watched the pretty scene, she who alone can conquer Zeus, along with her son, the mischievous boy Cupid, shot one of her shafts into his heart, and that very instant he fell madly in love with Europa. Even though Hera was away, he thought it well to be cautious, and before appearing to Europa, he changed himself into a bull. Not such a one as you might see in a stall or a grazing field, but one beautiful beyond all bulls that ever were, bright chestnut in color, with a silver circle on his brow and horns like the crescent of the young moon. He seemed so gentle as well as lovely that the girls were not frightened at his coming, but gathered around to caress him and to breathe the heavenly fragrance that came from him, sweeter even that than that of the flowery meadow. It was Europa he drew toward, and as she gently touched him, he lowed so musically no flute could give forth a more melodious sound. Then he lay down before her feet, and seemed to show her his broad back, and she cried to the others to come with her and mount him. 
for surely he will bear us on his back. He is so mild and dear and gentle to behold. He is not likable, but a good, true man. Well, except he cannot speak. Smiling, she sat down on his back. But the others, quick though they were to follow her, had no chance. The bull leapt up and at full speed rushed to the seashore. And then not into, but over the wide water. As he went, the waves grew smooth before him, and a whole procession rose up from the deep and accompanied him. The strange sea gods Nerids, riding upon dolphins and tritons blowing their horns, and the mighty master of the sea himself, Zeus's own brother. Europa, frightened equally by the wondrous creatures she saw and the moving waters all around, clung with one hand to the bull's great horn and with the other caught up in her purple dress to keep it dry. And the wind swelled out the deep folds even as a sail swells on a ship and ever gently thus they wafted her. No bull could this be, thought Europa, but most certainly a god. And she spoke pleadingly to him, begging him to pity her and not leave her in some strange place all alone. He spoke to her in answer and showed her that she had guessed rightly what he was. She had no cause to fear, he told her. He was Zeus, greatest of the gods, and all he was doing was for love of her. He was taking her to Crete, his own island, where his mother had hidden him from Cronus when he was born. And there she would bear him glorious sons, whose scepters shall hold sway over all men on the earth. Everything happened, of course, as Zeus had said. Crete came into sight, they landed, and the seasons, the gatekeepers of Olympus, arrayed her for her bridal. Her sons were famous men, not only in this world, but in the next, where two of them, Minos and Radamanthus, were rewarded for their justice upon the earth by being made judges of the dead. But her own name remains best of all. And that is the tale of Europa and Zeus. Thank you for listening to our story. If you enjoyed it, please take a look at our Patreon page to learn how you can earn great rewards while also supporting us. We appreciate even the smallest of contributions, as they allow us to continue to release new stories every week for free on Wednesdays, and also provide bonus stories for your listening pleasure. Visit us at thescaldcircle.com to view our story archive, sorted by origin and region and to stay up to date with all of our current developments. Once again, thank you for listening to our story.